Welcome aboard, space travelers. Please lower your harness and keep your hands and arms inside the vehicle at all times. Prepare for blast-off. the April edition of Discover DLP with myself, Nick. And myself, Paul. Well, happy April. Happy April. Well, kind of. Well, I as mean... As much as it can be. Yeah, I mean, you know, April, the month, uh, and, and literally just days ago, was the, uh, the 28th anniversary yeah, of uh, the very theme park this podcast is based around. Yeah, I, that seems bizarre, but, but the fact that I was there on on that day and now it rolls around three years later and the park's closed and I don't know when I'll be there again. No, no, that, that is the thing. Well, we'll talk about that because we've got a bit of a news update on that one. Yep. Um, something that, that happened after the last episode that um, I wanted to draw attention to is the fact that um, somebody we had on the podcast years and years ago uh, and annoyingly i'm struggling to find the episode it's it's one of the the lost episodes um that has disappeared from the internet um we know the episode number we just can't find anywhere that it's stored for some yeah and we've, we've tried with listeners that have kept copies on ipod minis and all sorts of things yeah my ipod was blank i couldn't believe it i don't know i had all of them on there at one point but it's all gone but um yeah uh, we had uh alan lissier on who wrote uh, the disneyland from sketch to reality book yeah about disneyland paris which was very bizarre in that i remember seeing that in disneyland paris for sale so do I, and I'm still kicking myself because I picked it up and put it back down. Yeah, I, I did the same thing. I bought it years later from him directly when he um, managed to get some more copies published in a short run. Um, but he had a, a website, fantastic website, called uh, Disney and More. Yeah. Um, which was uh, kind of, I mean, obviously his his main focus was on, on Disneyland Paris initially, but that website didn't just cover... Uh, Disneyland Paris and in fact didn't just cover the Disney parks around the world it covered theme park concept art and um, you know designs for attractions that never got built and he just had this oracle of of like knowledge um, you know all of this crazy stuff that you know he got from people that he became friends with in that industry yeah and it was a, a really wonderful website, um, and, and still is, obviously. Um, but he unfortunately passed away uh, back in March. Yeah, um, I believe he'd had some health issues for a little bit of time uh, prior to to his passing. Um, I, I don't think it was related to what's going on at the moment. I don't believe so. I believe he had a heart attack. Yeah, I, I think that was that's what I've read as well because news was a bit scarce um yeah on it i mean unfortunately unless you're like a, a big celebrity or something it's um sometimes hard to get this information 
uh, from from the the right sources. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was confirmed by multiple sources that he did unfortunately pass away, and um, it's a real loss to he's a real loss to theme park fans. Um, yeah, you know, I said that website he's got uh, had still there, wonderful. If you've never checked it out, uh, disneyandmore.blogspot.com, I believe. Search for Disney more; it will come up. Um, his book um, normally goes for, for quite a lot of money on the uh, on the secondhand market. You're you're looking at uh, over a hundred euros for uh, a copy of that book, and and more now. Yeah, you're looking well. Yeah, over two hundred. Mm. And it's it's a fantastic. It's like a coffee table book, and um, you know he he had some wonderful photos that he had taken. Um, as well as concepts and sketch art and stuff. Um, I mean, the, the problem with it is, you know, that book was published, I think, in 2001 or two. It, it was there when um, you know, I, I first saw it when the studios opened um, in, in the little bookshop there. Um, that was the first place I ever, I ever saw the book. But So it, it's, it was a dated book in, in terms of that, but um, from those seeing all that stuff in the opening years of, of the park was uh, was amazing and and no one has uh, has tried to replicate that that no. book um because I was going to say literally the only two books that are anything like it were the the two that Disneyland Paris themselves released last year yes. the the yes. pirates and the uh, phantom manor book are probably the only two that come anywhere near it well, i did the the full uh, the um the a to z yeah. Uh, book as well which is probably the, the closest to it um because it was more generic than just the attractions yeah. but yeah you know he was somebody very passionate about um about theme parks and especially disneyland paris and um you know he will be missed and i, I thought it, it was fitting for us to talk about it on here rather than one of the other podcasts because disneyland paris was really um you know his his park so yeah. big Definitely. big loss to the community um but, you know, the show must go on, uh, as must this one. So, got a fair few things to talk about. We've got yeah. some uh, input for some listeners as well, which we'll discuss. Um, do you want to start with the news? Yeah, we can do. Um, I think the, the big news just today is the, the postponement of um, Electroland and Pride weekends. Um, they were due to be in June and July this year, but they've, they've now pushed them back until next year, um, more or less the same dates um, next year. So really it's just a, it's just what would have been next year probably is, has just been taken by this year's acts, I would imagine. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not surprising. No. Um you know, we knew it was coming, and the reason we knew it was coming was because there was an announcement on uh, on Monday, yeah. as we call this. So um, on the on the twelfth of April, uh, from the uh, the president, uh, the prime minister, thirteenth uh, even, mm-hmm. um, from the prime minister uh, to say when um, you know France was going to start to uh, reopen itself um and the i think it's the 11th of may is when they're going to kind of lift the current restrictions and that's when they aim to reopen schools and colleges um but as part of that announcement they went through uh, you know lots of other things that are obviously locked down at the moment 
and uh, public gatherings and events uh, are going to be cancelled until at least the middle of July and they're going to review that um, you know every week after the 11th of May to see um, you know how likely it is that they can start doing stuff so you know we knew from that point well that's Disneyland Paris uh, yeah. is part of that and we knew when those events were going to be on so we'd all assumed that they would have to cancel them but the announcement only came out today that they officially were um, so if you've already bought tickets for those events you can ask your money back or they will transfer it to the dates um, that are announced already for next year so the rescheduled dates so it's 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 up to you if you've done that um you know i feel sorry for the people that are booked accommodation um using things like airbnb um and, and hotels.com and other such websites where you know some sort of you book those uh, rooms without uh cancellation um so you know people aren't gonna be able to necessarily get all their money back that they have spent planning those those trips this year which is yeah. very unfortunate um it is what it is um unfortunately that it's it's hard because you, you know on the one hand you think well the right thing to do is to give people their money back yeah um but their businesses and they need to try and remain in business so you know them and uh, you know it, it will vary by company by company but like with disney turning around and saying that they'll um reissue the tickets for next year's events that's disney essentially trying to keep some of the money that they've lost this year yeah and yeah definitely. Next year. and that's the way i think a lot of people though here in the uk i've i found a lot of places are just automatically refunding stuff like i we've got tickets to go to the uh harry potter studio tour um at the end of this this month so no, next week week this sunday i think it was um and they automatically refunded once they announced that that, that was it then they automatically refunded back to us whereas as we say other places are trying to keep some of that money in-house by by moving it until next year I've seen as well some, uh, and again, not going to name them, but some travel companies um, are not refunding um, tickets for theme parks. Yeah. At all. Just telling you, no, you, you can have some of your money back, we'll give you like 20% of your money back, um, but that's it, which uh, is, is quite quite naughty, really. Um, you know, I don't know how to get away with it, but it, you know, they've obviously they either think that they can get away with it or they know something that we don't. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 not good times. Um, no, it's not. For people wanting to travel. Things are difficult for everybody. So yeah, that's it. You know, a lot, lot of people being furloughed or being sacked. Um, yeah. I mean, of course, this is a, a an after dark podcast, so this is going to uh, go off on a tangent. But um, just this evening. Um, they announced uh, after um, President Trump had uh, announced uh, Vince McMahon and Dana White of the UFC and the WWE as being uh, pioneers yeah. in uh, bringing the economy back to America. Um, Vince McMahon showed just how good he was at uh, at bringing money back to his business by sacking a load of his uh, staff, yeah. wrestlers, and behind the scenes talent, including um, one of his more famous ones. <laughs> 
a few of them really but yeah, yeah it's just incredible i mean one of them was a poor ref who'd uh, been been refereeing since 1989 oh, I mean, the man was pretty counting his days down to retirement and he's just just been sacked off i said sacked off um yeah it, you know everyone everyone is 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 feeding it um yeah and you know that the, the parks need to reopen but they need to reopen when it's safe and yeah. People are still getting upset and frustrated because their holidays are being cancelled, and I completely get it. But I think um, for for everybody's safety, I'd much rather the the parks were closed longer in order for them to be able to reopen and be safe for people to attend than to just reopen and you know things get worse or people get sick. Definitely, yeah, so. I couldn't agree agree more. Um... We've talked about it on other shows, but I've got trips booked that we've discussed. If it goes ahead, it goes ahead. And at the moment, they are going ahead because we haven't got that close to them yet to be able to tell whether they are or not. But if they get cancelled, they get cancelled and we change our plans. It's it's as simple as that for me. Now, one of the other things that we, again, we discussed in other podcasts is the fact that you know, we know certain projects now are being cancelled around the parks. Yeah. Um, and, and you made your own kind of bold prediction about um, Disneyland Paris. Uh, yeah. What you think might happen. Yeah, I, I think off, off the back of... Not a, a lack of love for Galaxy's Edge, but a lacklustre response, I would, I would probably say. I've got a funny feeling we won't see Star Wars land at Disneyland Paris, but we'll get the lake. Mm. I just, I, I get that feeling that if they're going to cancel something, it will be something that someone else, that you could go to a different park and see. Whereas with what they're doing around the lake with the with Arendelle, and especially with that probably being their second hottest commodity um, behind the Avengers, I think that's probably likely to go ahead more than us getting Galaxy's Edge at the moment. Mm. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, the, the land is cleared. The yeah. land is all. Um, you know, I saw that last year. The, the land was just muddy fields now. Um, they've cleared all the trees out and stuff that they wanted to get rid of. Um, so they were definitely, you, you know, going through the motions for it, but. Um, you've got to think now that they probably aren't going to have as much money to play around with as they wanted to. And it would certainly make more sense to go, right, we've got to cut some budget. And what we can do is we can finish off Marvel because it's almost done. Yeah. And we'd already started, um, you know, groundwork on, on Frozen, started doing stuff there. So we need to get that finished. And that's probably the one that's going to bring more unique visitors because... Yeah. Star Wars, although it would obviously bring people in, you could go to another Disney park and see that. You can't go and see Arendelle um, in, in Orlando. No. So exactly. it, it makes more sense if, if one's got to go. But it's speculation. Like We, yeah, we don't know for sure. We, are, well, we have no idea. That's just just our gut feelings. Is some, that something's got to go. Some people would say, you know, you just said we've got no idea. I mean, some people would probably possibly that. say that, yeah, yeah, the best of times. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, uh, there's not really been much news to, to no one's surprise. Um, no. 
you know, the next bit of news hopefully will be just an idea of when we might expect the parks to reopen. Um, yeah. And I, I still think we're probably looking towards the end of the summer, maybe September. Yeah. Um, I think if they, I mean, obviously summer is their busiest time, but I think that's one of the reasons why it probably won't happen Yeah. in the summer as well. I think they'd rather take the financial loss than to reopen early and, and be flooded with people. So, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, we'll hopefully know more by the next episode. Um, Fingers crossed. Now, we are going to take a look at Main Street in a little yeah. bit. But before we do that, we had a couple of uh, questions that come in from listeners. So, um, and I'm really proud of myself remembering that we had these. <laughs> because I didn't. Well, the, the problem is, is that we get them... And where we record this normally only once a month, and even then that's lacklustre, um, you you do forget things. So if you've ever asked us to talk about something we said we would and we haven't, it's not because we don't like you or your question. It's because um, doing 12 other podcasts, you do get a bit muddled up. Um, So please get back in touch if you you do. Um, But the first one was from uh, Kieran Gibbons. Um, who actually, I, I'm really pleased to say, he alerted me to the fact that um, we were missing on, uh, I can't remember what platform it was now. It might have been TuneIn or Stitcher, but it was one of the podcast apps. Yeah. And uh, he just said, are you going to do any more episodes? And it, it was like two days after the last one to come out. So I was like, dude, <laughs> we just recorded an episode. Um, they, it, it hadn't updated since January 2019. <sighs> So, so we'd only uh, been going in six months at that point. Yeah. Uh, I was like, hey, you've got, got a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. <laughs> so at least there's that. Yeah. What a perfect time when you're in quarantine to find out a podcast you wanted to listen to is released over a year's worth of content. Um, but he asked a question, and it's, it's a question that uh, I think a lot of people have asked over the years. I've certainly seen it discussed in Facebook groups and things like that before. Um, and that is why they never bought Splash Mountain to Disneyland Paris. Yeah. So, he's, I mean, his actual tweet to us was, how could they bring Splash Mountain to Disneyland Paris and why have they not already? Because in his opinion, it's the best ride in all the Disney parks. Now, I've got a confession to make. You've never been on it? I've been on it once. (laughs) I've been on it once. Because it didn't really do anything for me. Um, I think the drop is a very clever optical illusion. Yeah. I'll give it that. Um, because you do think you're about to be dropped into a load of thorny bushes. Yeah. Um, but the rest of the ride just doesn't really cut it for me, I'm afraid. <laughs> but I know it has a lot of fans. I mean, are you a fan of Splash Mountain? No. I, it's one I kind of struggle with because I love these kind of water rides. I love Jurassic Park at Universal. I think that's great um, in a similar fashion, obviously, but with a little bit, maybe a little bit more excitement to the the actual ride portion of it is is more exciting than, than Splash Mountain. And it depends on which park I'm in. Now, in Walt Disney World, it's my second favourite of the mountains. I have it above Space Mountain. But at Disneyland, it would be my least favourite of the three because I prefer 
Big Thunder and and Space Mountain at, at Disneyland. Um, what about the Matterhorn? I mean, I know it's not technically called a mountain, but it I've kind never of is. been on the Matterhorn. It was closed. Oh, okay. When I went, because we went twice in the space of like fifteen months, and it went. It was going through that big refurb when they changed all the cars and everything. So I've never been on the Matterhorn. I've obviously watched multiple videos of it and and things like that. Um, but yeah, out of the three, it would uh, Splash Mountain would definitely be at the bottom at Disneyland. Mm. Um, well, that's uh, Space Mountain so crap at Disney World, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, people that listen to this podcast have never been to Disney World. You do not understand the disappointment of Space Mountain there because it's just awful. It's a horrible, clunky. Sorry, Ryan, if you listen to this. It's just just uh, it badly themed. Like it's just it's just a nonsense, right? Very dated, yeah. really uncomfortable. Um, there's no inversions or anything. I mean, that's that's really exclusive to Paris's one anyway. Um, but it's just a, an up and down coaster. It's just to be honest, it's like the black hole that they used to have at Orson Towers. Yeah, yeah, you definitely. Know. In fact, I think the black hole was a better ride. So what I remember. But I'm I'm one of the few that I did see some of the South when I was younger, um, before it it was taken out of circulation. Um, but I, I enjoyed that film, and again, that's another letdown because it's not really based on the film. It's there's bits and pieces of it that that touch on it, but really, you can't say it's Song of the South after time. Other than the characters, it's, it doesn't feel so. It, it does lack. Other than the excitement of the job, there is a, a distinct lack on it for me. So I feel like you know um, the the thing that I find weird with Splash Mountain as well. I watched a documentary the other day that was talking about um, the Indiana Jones that never was. Yeah, and they were saying that they had these really ambitious plans to. Uh, build this um, Indiana Jones attraction, well, multiple Indiana Jones attractions, but they would, uh, you, you'd be able to see the other rides in a in a building, in a yeah. show building. And, um, you know, the project looks amazing. It's a little bit, it reminded me a lot of what they did, or what they tried to do with Discovery Mountain at Disneyland yeah. Paris, which is something that if people want us to talk about, we will do at some point, because that's got an interesting story as well. Um but in the, in the fact that you know it, in, you, you could be in one building and see the other attractions that were attached to it going through uh, in various ways, um, but that was canned because Michael Eisner uh, had taken a, a favour to the concept for Splash Mountain, and it was obviously going to be cheaper, so he was like, "Let's go with that." And what I find weird about it is that. That decision would have been made 88, maybe, 87, 88. Yeah. At which time they were already trying to distance themselves from some of the South. It had been released on video. Yeah. And it was still being shown on TV because I remember catching a bit of it on TV when I was younger. Um, but it was something they were already kind of trying to distance themselves from like the video had gone out of circulation and wasn't going to go back into circulation and they kind of tried to keep it a bit quiet so it seemed odd that they were then building an attraction about something an ip that 
they knew wasn't going to be um, available for future generations to really be made yeah. aware of. So it's just weird, I think. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very strange. But, they, you know, they, those attractions opened up in uh, the beginning of the 90s and they were very popular. So going to Kieran's question, the, the main reason why it didn't, and it was originally looked at for Disneyland Paris. Yeah. Because obviously um, it was a Tony Baxter creation. Yes, absolutely. So, so it, it was he really wanted it in Paris. Yeah, and it was, and it, you know, it was, it was, you know, on the table, and it was um, something that was being uh, considered for the park, and and you know, really, what kind of put the boot into it was the fact that the climate in in that part of France was so up and down. Yeah, um, and as it, we've seen, it would have know, been a seasonal ride. It absolutely would have been a seasonal ride because. You know, it's one of the rare parts where you get a lot of snow. Yeah. You know, I mean, you don't get snow every year or not heavy snow, but you do normally at least get flurries. But, you know, Disneyland Paris has, has you know, through the years had to close because of snow. Yeah. Um, and, and stop certain things being run and characters coming up because of the the weather being so bad. So the problem really is their decision to build it in Paris rather than um, that location in Spain, which later became Ferrari World, um, is is what killed it off because the climate was just too inconsistent for it to be a year-round attraction. And who wants a seasonal ride? Yeah, really. So I suppose, so, you know, to to look at the rest of um, Kieran's question, how could they do it? Um, I think the only real reason they could have done it is indoors. Yeah. Um, and I mean, a lot of that ride anyway happens indoors. Yeah, it does. And actually, when you think about it, you mentioned Jurassic Park, the ride. Yeah. And actually, there was there's nothing stopping them doing that, really. Because, like with, with with that, because a lot of Splash Mountain takes place indoors anyway. Most of Jurassic Park takes place outside. Um, but they they could have done it. I think the the problem they would have had is how would you have themed that building? Yeah. You know what could you have turned made that building look like in order for people to kind of go, oh, Splash Mountains over there. Yeah. That I, would have been the hard thing. Yeah, and I think one of the other reasons for me, I actually think it doesn't really fit in Frontierland in our Frontierland. There's a whole different feel to to our Frontierland compared to the others. With with Big Thunder out and that that island, Phantom Manor, um, and, and just a, a really different atmosphere compared to to the US parks. Uh, and I just don't think it would have fitted in the theme. And that's the other point, isn't it? Is the fact that Thunder Mesa, yeah, which is that whole area that has Big Thunder and you know all the way up to Phantom Manor. That is that has its own backstory. Yeah. So it would have made no sense to plonk it there. No. And then where else could you have put it? It doesn't fit in Adventureland. No. I mean, Adventureland could have done with another attraction. Jesus. But it wouldn't have fitted theme thematically. So I suppose that's the only place they could have they could have put it. And yeah, I, I, it would have been a very different land had they put. 
Splash Mountain in it, but I'm glad they didn't for that reason. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and don't get me wrong, I'm sure it'd be a massive hit if it was in Paris, like it has been in the US. But I think there's better things that they can be doing with that park. What would you uh, stick in Adventureland? I'd put another indie ride in. I would literally take that that parcel of land that's right next to that the ride that we've got at the moment, and I'd put the one in from Disneyland. Yeah. Well, it's been running for years, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and again, I think it makes sense to do that. Yeah. Adventureland. I mean, I suppose I suppose Frontierland could do another attraction, and and we've bit... talked about that before because that whole far end next to the theatre is empty and it's there's a lot of land it, it, it certainly looks like there's a lot of land there. it's definitely enough to put a put a ride in there yeah um but yeah both of those lands could do something else i think yeah mm. so that was that was the first one now the other question we got so that was on um that was on twitter we got that um but we did get uh, another one from, and I'm going to try and say it the, the way I said it the first time, uh, Ross Bouchier. I hope I pronounced that right again, Ross. Um, but he had a, a very interesting uh, question, uh, a very hard one to answer, really. No, I've still not landed on an answer. No. So um, his question was, with the recent announcement of the mythical DLP third gate being postponed well into the future, what would you guys like to see as a third park at DLP? And he said, really, so speculate, which I think was great. Um, it's, um, it's a hard one because I think years ago, when we first heard about them having to build a third gate as part of the agreement that they had, I think the obvious answer would be Marvel. Yeah. Just do a Marvel park. Obviously that's, that's a redundant idea now because they've got that. They've got a land coming. Uh, it's not going to be huge, but it's still going to be a, a Marvel land and there's no point then doing a Marvel game. Um, and you could have said the same about Frozen. I mean, I suppose possibly if they decide that they have to cut back on the budget for the sec- uh, for the expansion in the studios, they couldn't make a Star Wars third game. They could do. And really go to town with it. Yeah. You know, because there's enough in the, in the mythology for them to be able to create a, a really expansive set of lands even. So, you know, you can go and visit Tatooine and then you can go to Naboo. Um, you know that that kind of idea could work quite well, and you could have like a couple of attractions in each one, or yeah. you know, one one planet could have like one major ride, and then another one might have some smaller ones. So that could work. Um, I think the other obvious choice, though, is Fox. Yeah, you know, because they've got loads of franchises that they could do something with, and. As, as far as I know, they wouldn't be stopped from doing anything around The Simpsons. I don't believe so. Our, our friend Jim Hill, when the deal went through, mentioned that they were definitely looking at possibly using The Simpsons at Disneyland Paris. Mm. And, I mean, it could work. I mean, it's funny. 
when we were when we were young, when The Simpsons was first starting, and we were still young, the frozen uh, the frozen the, the Flintstones seemed like such a relic. Yeah, enjoyable, but you could see it was kind of old and dated. And we were watching reruns of that like almost thirty years after they first aired. Yeah, and now The Simpsons is in its thirty first season. Yeah. Um, or coming up to it, it's just incredible. Um, it still doesn't really feel that dated, I think, because it looks so fresh still. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously animation's come a long way. Um, but, you know, it's still very popular. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> for anyone that grew up on The Simpsons, it's not been great in about 15 years, maybe right. 20 years. But a bad episode of The Simpsons is still better than a lot of its rivals. Yeah. So there is that, and it's still popular. That's the thing. Yeah. So um, I think they would love to do something with that and put their own spin on a Simpsons set of attractions. Yeah. Um, obviously, Avatar could be brought yeah. in with that, which they've already That's done true. in Disney World. So that would be a good fit. You know what? It's amazing what I come up with on the spot. Yeah. If I'd have actually given this some thought. I wonder what I could have come up with, but this is working all right, so I'll take it. <laughs> um, but you know, there, there, there's a lot of Fox properties. Uh, we can finally get that Titanic attraction that we've been clamoring for since 1997. Yeah. Um, and who doesn't want to meet and greet with Deadpool? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, that's interesting as well. I suppose they've had, they'd be able to do like X Men and all that kind of stuff, which they didn't do in the Marvel expansion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, you know, Fox has enough properties that they could probably mine for quite a while. If I'm honest, I know this isn't Disneyland Paris based, but looking at Disney as a company, it wouldn't surprise me if in 10 or 15 years they try and offload Fox. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see it fitting as well as other things that they brought in, like Star Wars, like... Uh, Marvel, yeah. there just feels something a little bit different about and, it, and I think that's kind of been proven by what they've launched with on Disney Plus. Mm. They've cherry picked franchises yeah. and like the major films, but of the, the the littler films, there's absolutely nothing on Disney Plus. No, you've got X Men, you've got uh, well, not even all of them, or all of the Fantastic Four. Um, you. Ice Age. Some, Ice Age. Is, is it all of the Ice Age films? I don't even think it's all of them, is it? Uh, I don't I don't know. I've not looked into it because I don't really care for the franchise no. itself. And Sound of Music is on there. <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah. But, I mean, it'll be interesting when the new avatars come out to see if they are successful. Yeah. Um, that, and I'm that... sure, certainly the first sequel, I think, will be successful because people... We'll want to see what he's done with it. Yeah, I don't think that, that any. I don't think this new series will be anywhere near the hit the heights of the first no. one. That first one was such lightning in a bottle in terms of its success. Um, but I still think there'll be quite big hits when they do come out. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. So I mean that 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 would be my guess for a third gate. Um, even me saying that I don't think they'll keep hold of Fox forever if they were to try and sell it in in the future, um, they would make sure that they keep the 
the entertainment rights to it for theme park attractions. So, yeah. uh, you know, that that's kind of my thinking about that. But Yeah, and I think, uh, as we say, these ones that they've cherry-picked, I think they will probably keep. Mm. Um, and then sell off what they don't want. Yeah. So. The only other thing I could think of is maybe a classic Disney park. Yeah. And what I mean by that is a park solely dedicated on Mickey and Friends. Yeah. I know we there's a rumour of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway uh, Railroad coming to uh, Fantasyland at some point. Um, which has never been officially confirmed, just no. rumoured. Um, we know where it would go. But can you imagine if they just did a whole land or a whole park based on those characters? And, you know, Goofy had a land, Mickey yeah. and Minnie had a land. You know, think about, um, like, Mickey's Toontown that yeah. they used to have in, in Orlando and have still got parts of in, in Disneyland. And it's one of my favourite lands. Because it's fun. Yeah. It's a fun-looking land. But just... just just you know, expand that yeah. massively and just create these new attractions. I think that could work quite well um, as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, we think about it. if they, they have, but well, they've obviously got the rights to Roger Rabbit. Can we have a land based on that film? Uh, a park based on that film? So you have the different characters. Obviously, some of them you can't use, but something similar to that where you use the the Disney characters that they've used. We've never talked about it before, but are you familiar with the cartoon uh, Bonkers? Yes. Now, I remember when that first came out, I thought that because they couldn't use Roger Rabbit, they just created a rip-off of Roger Rabbit. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's, that's essentially what Bonkers was, wasn't it? Really? Yeah. yeah. Same concept with none of the famous characters. Yeah. But we know they do have the theme park rights to Roger Rabbit. Hmm. Because he's been used. Obviously, we talk about Toontown. There's a ride based on on him there. And he's a meet and greet. Yeah. I mean, which is a new thing as well because he wasn't for a long time. They mm. used him, didn't they, during when they opened Hollywood Studios or MGM Studios? Yes. Um, he was around then, and then he disappeared for what twenty years, and then reared his head back at Disneyland Paris for the twenty fifth anniversary. And since then, we've seen him quite a bit. Yeah, it's very, it's very odd. I'd love to know more about the rights to that, um, yeah. how it all works out, because I know it was a, a co-production, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I think I think Spielberg has to still sign off on stuff if they want to do Roger I Rabbit. I imagine so, yeah. But uh, just just buy him out. Yeah. That, that can be Disney's next acquisition, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Steven, Steven Spielberg and Warren Beatty. We will get Dick Tracy on Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah. We will get that point. sequel. Oh, Bob Chapek, there is your saving grace. I tell you what, can you imagine, right? There's, there's just a thought I've just had in my head. There's, I don't know why I've never thought this before. Wouldn't it be great if they um, were able to like do Dick Tracy's a new franchise and launch it with John Hamm? Wouldn't he be a good Dick he Tracy? He would be superb. Oh my God. Why have I never thought of that before? That, I can't believe I've said that on this podcast. I should have said it on, on the uh, the big one. Yeah. Basically, he he could be Detective Don Draper. Yeah, and it would be perfectly fine. But he's got the you know he's got the face, he's got the look, the chiselled look, yeah. hasn't he? Oh man, he was always my choice for Batman. 
yeah, he would have been a he would have looked good under the uh, the cow. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I, the problem when you cast someone like Batman is they've got to be a good Batman and a good Bruce Wayne, and very few can do both. Yeah, like I th- I actually thought Ben Affleck was one of the few that did a good job yeah, of both. Exactly. But I didn't buy Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne. I didn't either. Um, and I'll get shot for that because my missus loves him and I met him. I, 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 I've got nothing against him, but that, just because you, someone's a good actor doesn't mean they do a good job at yeah. that kind of role. And I, I just didn't buy him. People love him in that role, but I, no, he, he was never my Batman. No. But, um, right. One of the things that you said you wanted to, to do. Well, we haven't done my part yet. Oh, God. <laughs> I've got so engrossed in Don Draper being the new Dick Tracy that I forgot. So what would you do? So I, I had the, the obvious ideas, the things that we've, we've already seen or heard talk about, like a villain's park that's been talked about for years as possibly being the fifth gate at, at Walt Disney World and, and things like that. And obviously we've got Tokyo Disney Sea, which is a, a fantastic thing and is, is a one-off, um, which would also be, be a great thing. But... I kind of looked at it and thought, well, we've got Animal Kingdom that's kind of not franchise-based over, over in Florida. But there's so many kind of properties now that you could take that would make a great themed Animal Kingdom um, with the franchises that they've, they've brought along over, over the last couple of years. So that, that was really my pick that I came to. Um, so I thought, as you mentioned, Avatar, we've obviously got Avatar in, in Florida's Animal Kingdom. So I would definitely look at, at bringing that in. But then there's the, the other franchises that, that we've talked about across multiple different podcasts over the, over the last couple of years, um, starting with Wakanda. Um, I know we've yeah. got this, this expansion going into, into the studios, but... Kind of that's that's the Avengers side of things. Whereas I think we could we could have a great Wakanda based. Could certainly see something being kind of in one of those middle one of those battles that that we've seen in Wakanda would make a great great attraction. I think. Um, and I also obviously we picked up on on the likes of Zootopia. Um, again, that's been talked about in in Animal Kingdom and and is being built out in Asia at the moment. Um, yeah. I think would make another great, great property for a, for a themed animal kingdom, um, and maybe throwing some of those those ones that we we didn't get to see with the the mythical side of things um, that they plan to to do at the original animal kingdom that can still be seen in the in the logo. Um, yeah, the beastly kingdom. Yeah, um, that that got axed due to budget cuts. Um, maybe we could see some of that make its its presence up is another one and we've seen bits and pieces of that um excuse the words float into animal kingdom um <laughs> but yeah there just seems to be a lot of properties that would fit the type of things that they try to do with animal kingdom but that would give people that bit of disney that maybe the animal kingdom we've got at the moment doesn't quite sell i'm surprised you didn't mention the wild <laughs> And of yeah. course, uh, you, we've got Meghan Markle's elephants. Yeah, yeah, I've been watching a few of those. We watched, uh, we watched the elephants. We watched what? Did, what else did we watch? Uh, the dolphins. We watched that the other day as well. 
Um, I've never seen. I've never seen any of the Disney nature films. I don't know. Do you know what we hadn't? We hadn't either. But it's weird because when we went, we went to to LA for our honeymoon, and they they were. It was chimpanzee was coming Mm. out, and it was due to premiere at the El Capitan a couple of days after we left. So it's Mm. always kind of stuck. But we've never watched them until now. We've got Disney Plus. And the the weird thing is, like you know, my daughter loves uh, watching David Attenborough stuff. Yeah. So there's there's no reason why we haven't watched the nature side of things. No. We just haven't. It really should. Um, and of course, the National Geographic stuff now as well. Yes. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Um, the um, the uh, the other thing as well is the um, you know with, with Beastly Kingdom is obviously we saw some of that eventually when that project was that go over to Islands of Adventure in, at Universal and yeah. that's all now gone. Yeah. So. Mm, that's I really like that idea. Yeah, I'd argue that's better. In fact, I wouldn't argue. I'd say it's better than all the crap that I come up with, except for Don Draper as Dick Tracy. I think that yeah. could be my crowning achievement in life. Yeah, but uh, you know what I was going to say. <laughs> right. So now that we did finally get to talk about your uh, your idea for a park, you know what? The reason why I think because at the beginning you said like. Oh, I've not. I've not finished. I've not really thought about it. I was like, oh, he's got nothing. I'm yeah. just. I'm just pad for time. <laughs> what an idiot. Um, but one of the, the the things that you you said you wanted to talk about was a bit of uh, history with the parks. Yeah. Um, which we're going to cover in the way of the shops of Main Street. Yeah. Which we we've we've talked about them a little bit, but. Yeah, I, I suppose there's always more that we can we can talk about them. And I've got to be honest, one of the weird things when I was coming on to a call tonight that I was looking at was uh, I thought, what all the shops are actually called? Because they've all got signs up outside. Yeah, that you don't look at. Yeah, well, even when you do, I don't think <laughs> these are what I thought they were called. <laughs> so it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an interesting conversation. Yeah. Um. I, do, are we going to start with? Um, I suppose it, it, it is in the plaza, so yeah. it kind of counts. Um, but you know, one of the first stores that you would get to, and you wouldn't even necessarily know it's a store, is right next to um, the town hall. Yeah, had to think about what the bloody town hall was called then. Um, it's a storybook store. Yes. Yeah, now this is a weird one because it's changed what it does multiple times. Mm. In the times at the time that I've been going, I've been going nine nine years now since my first trip to Disneyland Paris. I know it's a lot longer for you, um, but yeah, this seems to not know what it wants to be. Well, you think the name would give it away. Yeah. Wouldn't you? And it does now. Such dramatic pause there by (laughs) me, by the way. (laughs) But um, yeah, you would, you think you, you know, the name of the store would give it away, but one of the things that it did for a while, and I still don't really understand why this happened. It was the Duffy store. Yeah. But it wasn't called the Duffy store. No, it was still, it still took the same name. (laughs) Yeah. But they just, they just changed everything in it to be Duffy. Yeah. And I don't mean 
the uh, the Welsh pop star who was uh, targeted uh, for a kidnapping plot. Yeah. We're was talking about the, yes, it was. It was yeah. her. Good. Yeah, it Good. was her. I'm, I'm glad my old pop culture references still, still make sense. Um, but now it's kind of gone back to what it was, which is um, its main focus is on books. Yeah. There is one other weird thing they sell in there still, though. <laughs> yeah. CDs. Oh yes, yes, of course it is. Not not any of the good ones, mind you. No. They're normally um singles or yeah. single size rather than albums. So um I, I think the last time I was in there they still had It's a Small World. Yeah. Which I had, believe I they think, were selling three tracks. The, yeah, they were selling the song from the twenty fifth anniversary as well for a while. Oh, Okay. I've, def- I've definitely seen that. Whether it was in that store, I'm sure it must have been in that store, and I just haven't looked. But they definitely had it in the Disney Gallery mm. in the village, and I would imagine they probably had it in that store that's now gone in the studios that was in the animation building. That's now been turned into a frozen shop. Which again was the other place to get books. Yeah. That was going back to in a, in a roundabout way. Um, that was the um, that was the the shop where I saw Alan Littier's, uh Disneyland Paris book. So, yeah, and I think I saw saw it in the shop that we are talking about. Uh, well, it makes sense. Yeah, it would make sense. Um, yeah, that used to just sell books, as did this shop. Uh, yeah, it's, but but this is a shop that I, I think because of where it was. Because it's it's sandwiched in between Town Hall and uh, where Mickey Mouse used to do a meet and greet. Yeah. And now you normally find Minnie. Yeah. Um, sometimes they're friends. Um, so I, 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 I think for the first years, I didn't even realise it was an actual shop. I just thought it was like a facade. Yeah, and see, it's not one that I go in on the way into the park. It no. tends to be one that as I've come down Main Street and I'm heading out, so I because, go, oh, I might be able to find something in there, and I, I go in. Well, the, the, the entry's on the corner. Yeah. Isn't it? That's that's the thing. The entry's on the corner. So you kind of walk down the side of it, and the main entrance, I think there is a side door, but the main entrance is is on that corner where the, the queues yeah. start for the meet and greet. So I don't think you notice it really until you start to walk out of the park. Yeah. It's just it's a very odd location. But, um, yeah, uh, it, it's good if you want books. Um, obviously, hence it. And they do have books normally um, bilingually. So, yeah. um, you know, obviously uh, an emphasis on, on French language books and especially the, the books for kids are generally more uh, in, in French, uh, but you do often get some in English as well. But the, the, the bigger books or the, the more adult books um, in terms of, um, you know, whether it's a book about the making of Disneyland Paris or one of the attractions, that's a good place to get them. And they're normally in, available in different languages. So there you go. And yes, if you ever wanted to own uh, It's a Small World on CD to listen to in the car, um, to to annoy yourself, then that's the place uh, to go to. Now, the shop across the road from that to the other side of Main Street, I don't consider this a shop, but it, it it's listed as one. Yeah. The stroller and wheelchair rentals. <laughs> well, it's weird because there is a little shop there, but it hasn't got a name. Yeah, it is. And that's where, well, 
yes, there is a little shop just past there, isn't there? Thinking yeah. about it. Um, but also, it's one of the places you can go and get the coins. Yes. So, uh, in in the American, well, I'm, I'm assuming they do this in Disneyland. I've never, I've never been, so I've never checked. But uh, in in Disney World, you can press pennies. Yeah. Uh, we don't have that in France, but what they do is is like uh, almost slightly bigger than two pound coins aren't they they're like yeah they look a little more like medallions i suppose but they, they yeah. have them themed to uh, anniversaries or uh, certain attractions or certain characters um and you can normally buy them in vending machines there's a few in the village as yeah. you walk through there and you and there's like... some in underneath the train station as well yes yeah as you go into the park there is as well um and they there's a big picture on, on there of what the, the coin is inside that, that particular machine, so you can kind of check them off. But the only place to be able to go and buy all of them in one place is, is at the strolling wheelchair rentals. Just, I don't, I don't know why, but it is. No. no, that's strange. Yeah. So there you go. Um, right, so uh, I'm trying to... I, I can't work out what the name of of the shop is but um the first shop that you get to is if you're if you're facing the castle yeah um you've got uh shops to the left of you shops, shops to, the right. to the right here, here I, I am, am. yeah <laughs> stuck in the middle of bank street um that that first shop on the right hand side yeah it's the one nearest to where goofy would normally meet yeah that used to be when it first opened the camera shop. Yeah. And that used to be where you'd go and get photos printed out, but more importantly, in those days, it's where you could buy rolls of film. Yeah. And it was a godsend because it was bloody expensive. Film was very expensive to buy from there. And I think, if I remember correctly, you could only buy Kodak because they had the um yes. the exclusivity there. Um but uh, yeah, it used to be a really nicely themed shop all around photography. Um, and ever since then, it's been a bit of a hodgepodge. Yeah. It's still called Town Square Photography, though. Really? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> now, I've got a funny feeling we've missed a store. I think there is one opposite that on the corner where Goofy mates. Yes, there is. Yeah. It's uh, the Ribbons and Bows Hat Shop, I believe. It's not listed on the official website, but no. Yeah, I, I, I think I think that is the name of it. I definitely yeah. know the one you're talking about because uh, it sells a lot of hats. Yeah, and it, it's weirdly it's exactly the same as Disneyland, um, but that's the Mad Hatter over there, uh, and it's in exactly the same spot. Mm. So, but that tends to sell a lot of ears over there and you can have them embroidered in that store and, and things like that at Disneyland. Whereas Disneyland Paris doesn't seem to uh, fall into that trend of Mickey Mouse ears as much as the US. They go through really small stages where they start to try and push ears out. You get... Uh, so 
people that are going for the first time, I think you can buy Mickey ears when you're there, but they're normally just headbands. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, some of them are themed. Uh, so some are more unisex than others, but obviously the majority aimed more at women or, or young children. Um, but the the traditional kind of Mickey Mouse ear hat has never really taken off in Paris. I said they've done them very rarely for limited amounts of time. I suppose to kind of test the waters, and they just haven't taken off. I don't, and I, I don't no. understand why, when it becomes there's such a, uh, a staple um, of Disneyland over the years that they've never really, really pushed it in Paris, but they haven't. No, they really haven't, and it it still surprises me to this day. Yeah, very very strange. Um, yeah, so that 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 so. That that other shop, um, the the photography shop, now is just a bit weird. You can, I mean, they've still kept a little bit of the old fashionness to it because it's one of the shops that you can go and look at your photos and and print them out um, if you want to buy some um, or you want to buy a photo pass. Um, You can buy them in nearly every shop, but they have an emphasis on it in there. Um, But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's weird because they, you never know what you're going to find in there. No, you know, at Halloween they they put a lot of Halloween stuff out, which obviously makes a lot of sense. But you go in there another part of the year, and you might get a load of photo albums, which again makes sense. But then a few months later, and it'll be full of spirit jerseys. It, it doesn't, it just doesn't seem to have an identity. No, no, and that, I think that's going to be a common theme when we talk about shops at Disneyland Paris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. I suppose if we, we kind of, I think I think the right hand side of Main Street is my favourite side. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, after that, you've got um, the Boardwalk Candy Palace. Doesn't make any sense. It's not part of a boardwalk. No. Um, but that's where you can buy fudge. Yeah, that people that is love my, fudge. That is my normal stop after Run Disney weekend. It's the first first place I go to when I get in the park after the half marathon on the Sunday. I mean, I'll be honest. I I can give or take fudge, right? It's it's fine. It's not amazing. It's not awful. It's just fine. It's just it is what it is. That said, it is good fudge that they make. Like if you're going to eat fudge, you could do a lot worse than buy the fudge there. It's not especially cheap, but. It's it's nice. Yeah, you could end up spending a lot of money, is what I'm saying. Yeah, but yeah, but you can yeah, get... I tend to I tend to just get like one lot, and that'll do me. I'll I'll set a snack on it. What's one lot? Twenty well, quid's worth? No, no. I normally <laughs> I normally spend no more than like seven or eight euros. That's reasonable. Yeah. Um, but you can also get things in there. Uh, you can get the buckets of popcorn. Yeah, uh, they love to sell around there. Um, biscuits, sweets, um, coffee, um, tea as well. They sell in there in various tins and, and whatnot. It's a it's it's a good place to to go to if you want to take stuff home for the family. Yeah, you know, buy a box of Disneyland Paris biscuits or something. Yeah. Um, so it's it's one of those shops it, because it's the only one of its kind in any of the parks in Paris. Um, it stands out. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, 
So make sure you you take a trip in there. And there's a, there's a couple of other little bits as we go up this side of Main Street that that really fit into the same category. Well, the weird thing is, a lot of these shops here, not all of them, but some of them flow through to the to, to the next. So uh, Bixby Babies, yeah, uh, is is one of those, which um, as the name kind of suggests, emphasis more on uh, baby clothes. Um, and is that is that also when um, Flora's boutique is as well? Uh, so it leads into yeah, I think so. I think that's all kind of one little bit, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, so you've got the you've got more of the clothes kind of there for adults, um, and then you've got that at the back. In fact, I mean this that that side actually is quite good for. Um, oh no. Hang on. I think New Century Notions Flora's Unique Boutique is... That's the name of the photography shop now. Is it? Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Look at it on a map. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to have to look at that sign next time I go there. There you go. That's then no. Look there, that's it. Exactly. Um... But but Disney Disney Clovers, I think that's what it's called. Actually, yeah. I think that's the the name. Um, yeah, but that and that Bixby Babies is is more towards the back of that shop. So yeah, um, it, it's all your fashion, really. More emphasis on kids though in there because they've kind of moved the adult stuff into the next shop along, which is Main Street Motors. Yeah. And as we talked about before on this podcast, that actually, as the name suggested, used to sell cars. <laughs> yes, really old cars. Very old cars. Yeah. And I still I still like it in there. I mean, the thing makes no sense to just being a clothes shop. No. Uh, you know, it's it's nicely themed, even yeah. if the theme doesn't relate to what they're selling. Um it's it's a, a quite good place to get jumpers. Um, oh, uh, spirit jerseys, you you might find them in there at times. Yeah, um, it's hit and miss with spirit jerseys in there, but um, you do get a range of um, you know sweatshirts, uh, t-shirts, coats as well. Yeah, bags, scarves. Yeah, um, I mean hats, hats. Yeah, the scarves are far too feminine for me, but that doesn't stop me buying them um, because I do like a scarf. But um, yeah, that's 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 quite a nice place. So yeah, if you if you want to buy some clothes, that's not a bad place to go, really. No, you know that that stretch there, you can pretty much get something for everyone. You've got your small kids, you've got your you know middle to teenage kids in front of that, and then next door Main Street Motors is where you get your adult stuff. Yeah. So it's not bad at all. Um, now, surely everyone's favourite shop's on this side as well, isn't it? I would I would hope so. What I love, and again, I'm looking at the Disneyland Paris website, right, is that Harrington's Fine China and Porcelains. Yeah. The list of what it sells includes pins and vinyl mations. Yeah. Now, I've not seen a vinylmation in there in about four years. 
They still had it up until I think around when I first started doing the running events. They definitely still had boxes and boxes of Star Wars ones. Oh yeah, it doesn't surprise me. They could and not, then, they, those later series they could not shift love nor money because they no. were awful. And yeah. I think by the twenty fifth anniversary they cleared them out. Yeah, they used to have as well the um, the what do they call it? Well, the the, the Motion trading, I suppose. Yeah, with the the mystery box. And they used to have a clear one, which would normally be on the countertop. And then behind the counter, they would have the, um, I think it was a mystery box of 12. Yeah. And that um, lasted longer than them actually selling them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's just a lovely shop. Yeah. So as you go in, if you're lucky, you'll have someone uh, doing some glass blowing. Making some little ornaments, yeah. which is always fascinating to watch. I think. But yeah, that's on the right hand side as you walk in. Yeah, yes, because on the left hand side now is a little Pandora booth. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but the glass blind's been there for as long as I can remember, um, at least uh, the late nineties, if not before that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just nice, and, and obviously they they make stuff and, and set it there as well. Um, but as you go around there, you get uh, ornaments, um, uh, and there's an emphasis on pins. It's a good one of the better places to go for pins as well, actually. Yeah. Um, but lots of ornaments, and as you kind of go around, because it's a it's a circular. Well, it's, it's the middle is circular, isn't it? Yeah, there's yeah. a there's a nice great big dome above yes. the the serving area. Yes, a nice kind of like window dome lets a lot of uh, light in. Um, but uh, yeah, so you've got kind of art more on the, the left side of the shop and ornaments and statues on the right. And they go from Disney Park exclusives all the way as you go around to uh, the Disney traditions and the Jim Shaw range of, yeah. um, of Disney figurines. And you get some huge ones as well, don't you? That's yeah, the... yeah, I've, I've bought a few. They they do, uh, on occasion, get in some of the park exclusives from the US. Um, I managed to get... Which one did I get? I got the... Hitchhiking Ghosts? Yeah, the Hitchhiking Ghosts were there. I've still not managed to get them, annoyingly. I got the, organ, I got the organ player from there. Um, that was That must have been five, six years ago now since I bought that, but I have, I've been in since and seen some of, they, they even have some of the, the exclusives that aren't based on attractions at, at Disneyland Paris. They, they had the, the Alice exclusive that was the her. Teacups, the teacups, was no, it? Not, yeah. the tea, not the teacups. They had the oh. one from the, the ride in, in Disneyland. Yes. The, the Caterpillar. Um, the Caterpillar vehicle. Yeah. I have, I have seen the teacups though as well. Yeah. With the characters in the, the Mad Hatter teacups. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we we we've had those. So yeah, it's 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 weird because you're so used to those park exclusive ones, and I don't I don't think they emphasise their park exclusive either. They don't. Well, they kind of do more in America, but yeah. you know they they do in America, so you don't assume you'll see them in Paris, and then yeah. and then they appear. So it's it's great um, because yeah, you can't buy the haunted mansion ones regularly. No. You know, wherever you might buy your uh, your figurines, but yeah, it's it's really good, and you can spend a lot of time in there. You know, they, they've yeah. got uh, art on the walls as well, very expensive but very nice to look around. Um, 
and also uh, it's normally a good place to buy like the attraction posters and stuff like that yeah. as well. They normally have those in there. Yeah. Um, but it's just a nice shop, isn't yeah. it? Um, and they do, am I right in thinking they still do the glass engraving at the back? Yes. Yeah. They still, once you kind of get the Disney traditions are on the right hand side, and as you mm. get past them, there's, uh, there's a good three or four cases of, of glass uh, merchandise around there where they do the engraving for you. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's just a nice shop to uh, to go around. Yeah, um, my favourite, I think. Uh, I'm sure they um, apparently there's a shop within a shop. Yes, they say it's called Disney Disney Arna Collectibles, which is what you can see from the the arcade from the arcade. Yeah. yeah. I've never really paid attention to it. I've just gone in that way sometimes. I yeah. normally go in via Main Street, but if it's been wet or something, then I might use the arcade to, to get there. Yeah. But I never realised it had a different name as well. Or maybe just the back of the shop is called I, I would assume it is just the back. Yeah. Interesting. They're saying they're every day. Yeah. There you go. Um, what else have we got on the right-hand side? I don't think we've got much else on the right-hand side. I think that side. is it. The rest of, the rest of it is restaurants and eateries. Yeah, you've got the uh, the bakery, haven't you? And yeah. um, the uh, the ice cream parlour, obviously, Gibson Girls, right at the end. Yeah. But uh, I suppose in that case, then we better we better walk back to where we started and start on the other side. Yeah. Now, there's a lot less on the, the other side. Um... In terms of... Different shops. Differences, yeah. 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 That 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 I agree with. So you've got the the main shop, which is it's just called the boutique. The Emporium, I believe. Ah uh, yeah. I think you might be right actually. Yeah. yeah. Which what is the same know. as all the others. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a massive shop. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, it's basically a world of Disney inside the park. Yeah. Yeah, it, it sells a bit of everything. Yeah. Big, I mean, I, I, I've noticed over time it, there's been a lot more emphasis in there of um, the uh, Disney animator range of dolls. Yeah. Especially at the front. Um, they sell a lot of that that you don't get elsewhere. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they sell everything. As you go through it, uh, the only thing they don't really focus too much on is like the, the ornaments. They have yeah. snow globes in the middle, don't they? Yes. Around the till point. Um, but that's that's really it for statues. But um, they sell all kinds of clothing, pet clothes as well, and pet accessories yeah. you can get in there. Um, yeah, but it's it's kind of like if you it's a good shop to go to if you've forgotten you've had to buy something for somebody. Yeah. And you think, ah, I better do something. <laughs> I better get something done. Um and that's also where Dapper Dance is now. Yeah. As well. I don't think I've ever seen anyone have a haircut in there. I don't... I couldn't have even told you where it was. It's towards it's, the back of that shop. Yeah. Because it just... In fact, I think they've moved it. Yes, they did. It's gone into the arcade now, hasn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I, it was. it was right on the back of the Emporium, but now it's kind of inside. Yeah. Which I don't think it had even opened in its new right. spot. Can... I think it was just about to, or or had just. 
right. Yeah, I think you you could be right. It was it wasn't it wasn't open for a while. No. Uh, it just seems like I don't know if it's supposed to be seasonal or something, but it feels like it is. Yeah, it definitely feels like it is. So, yeah, but if, yeah, if you want to try and get a haircut, that's how you can do it, really. Yeah. Um, that then leads you through to uh, the next shop along there is Lee's Boutique. Yeah. Which, um, well, I suppose it's it's. It's there because it's above Walt. Uh, sorry, it's below Waltz. Yeah. RIP. I'm sure it'll reopen. I'm sure it will do as well. Um, but yeah, and and this is more kind of, um, I, I'd say kitchen stuff, which probably isn't doing it justice, but homeware. Yeah, yeah. So mugs and bowls and glasses and uh, kitchen utensils, and uh, if you've ever wanted to buy an apron. Yeah, they always sell them in there for some bizarre reason. Um, and teapots always get Alice in Wonderland stuff in that one as well. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's very homeware uh, based yeah. that one. Yeah, um, definitely, and it's it's one my my wife always goes to. I, I very rarely buy anything in it. Yeah. Always love going in it. Yeah, it's probably my second favorite after Harrington's, even though I buy a lot less in, yeah. in there. Um, but I, I guess because it's again a bit like the boardwalk uh, candy shop, it's it's stuff that you don't normally see elsewhere. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's not a bad place to go. And then there's the Disney and Co. Toy and Plus shop. Yeah. Which I don't know if it's because it's it's on the same side as like the Emporium and it sells a lot of the same stuff. It always feels like a bit of an odd shop. Yeah, I, I can never find my way around it. It's very oddly designed, isn't it? Yeah. You kind of go up, down and around on, your, on yeah. yourself. No, I can... It always feels like there's a lot of people in it as well, like constant movement. Mm. There because people are having to dodge around things and... And I don't know whether there is lots of people in there. It could just be that that's, that's what it does to you. Uh, breaking news update. The shop that we didn't know the name of, where Goofy does his meet and greet, yeah. that's Bixby Babies. Yeah. I, I noticed that earlier. <laughs> I just assumed, I just assumed because that section towards the back of uh, Disney Clovia's is all baby stuff. I just yeah. assume that must be the name for the baby bit. So there's one that has actually changed its name. Yeah, I wouldn't even consider Bixby Babies to be a baby shop. No. That's weird. It, it definitely was the hat shop. Yeah. It was definitely ribbons and bows for a long time. Mm. So that's definitely Gosh. one that has changed its name over the years. Yeah. Yeah, so so that's that's um, that's the shops on Main Street. Yeah, I, I like I like shopping on Main Street. I do. I find that that's the best place to shop. To be honest, is on Main Street rather than trying to. World of Disney annoys me. Yeah, World of Disney annoys me. I mean, if I had to say what my favourite shops were, I would say the art of the uh, the Disney Gallery. Yeah. In the village. Always loved that shop. Um, yeah, a bit like Harrington's, really, but more modern looking. Yeah. 
Definitely. So it doesn't feel as cosy, but, you know, sells some really great stuff. And has and the, the great um, model of the castle. Yeah. Which has been used, for anybody that's been watching the Imagineering story, it's, it's been used in that quite a bit. Um, okay. They used to, I, I don't think, it's not been open the last few times I've been, but they used to have the upstairs open. Yeah, I've and been up there to, quite a few times. Yeah, they used to have really expensive art up there yeah. and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I like that shop. But I also like the um, the Studio One shop. Yeah. As well. I like that like one. That. I quite like the one out in the in the courtyard as well. That is also a good one. Where that Goofy does his meet and greets outside. Yeah. Yeah. That is also a good one. I like but like those two shops are always good to go through. Yeah. Um and and for yeah, for some reason that, that first shop, um let's see if I'll find the name of it. Um that is always a place that I find stuff that I can't see elsewhere. Yeah. Is it just called the studio store? Uh Walt Disney Studio Store. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was. And uh Legends of Hollywood is the one inside. Yeah. The, um, the 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 first uh, studio building, which is where you can find the other um, Pandora store. Yes, yes, but yeah, I, I think Main Street is you know it has a bit of everything. Yeah, it does have a bit of Definitely. everything. Um, so it's it's well worth your time. I, I don't think anyone necessarily walks straight away down Main Street and doesn't never goes into any of these shops. But no, and that's the reason why I never end up getting on the Main Street vehicles because <laughs> I walk in and I go, oh, I need to go there. I need to go there. Yeah, and I just carry on walking. I haven't got on a Main Street vehicle. Oh, must be about twenty years. I keep saying I'm going to do it, and I never do. But I, you know, I think the reason why is because. It normally takes a bit of waiting to get one. Yeah. And then you don't go very far. Yeah. And especially for, for me, because of the, the run-in, mm. I'm normally not in the park until it's quite busy. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, well, it's going to take forever. Yeah. Yeah. So, Fun to do, but shopping's yeah. more important, let's yeah. be honest. Um, anything else? No, I think that's... That's it for for this one. I'm sure we'll we'll touch on the restaurants of, of Main Street as well at some point. Um, the, um, there there is actually some proper breaking news. Yeah. Um, Bob Chapek has been elected yeah. to Disney Board of Directors. <laughs> yeah. Um, the statement that uh, Ryan just put in our little chat group is. Bob Chapek has demonstrated remarkable leadership in the face of unprecedented challenges that were unimaginable when he became CEO just seven weeks ago. <laughs> what? What so, did they do? Such big challenges that Bob goes back in charge. I don't get it. I mean, you would have thought it was a demotion, but it's not yeah. really, is it? No. They, ba- they basically now <laughs> made him a shareholder. Do you think that they've they've done this to kind of save him face? Yeah, having I, such a promotion and demotion yeah. in less than two months. But they always said that he was going to get on the board of directors anyway. They were just going to let him settle into the job because he has to be at some point. He has to be added to the the board of directors because he's running the bloody company. But um, yeah, it seems like a strange time to do it. 
yeah, apparently um, the deal was he was going to be elected uh, to the as a member of the uh, the board at a time to be determined by the board. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think even they thought it was going to be seven weeks later. No. <laughs> it's unprecedented times. No. But, oh, well, Catherine Powell, her job is safe at Airbnb for a few more months then. Because, yeah. Uh, he's he's yeah. not going anywhere. Weird, no, weird times. Definitely. Right. Well, on that uh, on that bombshell, I suppose we better wrap up for another month. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think uh, I think we we need to try and record these in the middle of the month. I think that's a good time to do. Yeah. It. But yeah. Uh, we'll we'll see how successful that becomes. <laughs> we'll try and stick to it. Yeah. We've got far as many too many podcasts on the go. Yeah. It's our own fault. We're our own worst enemy. But we'll try yeah, and make we sure are. we do these regularly. Yeah. Um, but thank you to our contributors. Um, if if you've got a question or you've got something you want us to talk about, um, then you can contact us on Twitter at Discover DLP Pod. Um, you can email us at uh, Discover DLP at uh, I think it's Discover DLP Pod at gmail uh, If you get a bounce back, that's why. Just add the pod at the uh-huh. end. Um, or of course, um, you can message us on Facebook at Discover DLP fan page. Um, and uh, we love hearing from you and uh, you you help us make content I think both yeah. uh, Ross and Kieran their their questions to us uh, contributed greatly yeah definitely um, and we do we over all the podcasts it's, this is probably the one that we get the most kind of interaction with the, the show itself it's madness you know this this audience is nowhere near the same size as uh, Discover Deal uh, Discover oh my god Disney Parks and Beyond this is again what happens when you've got too many podcasts on the go you get what they're all called um, and yet as you say we probably get the most interaction here um, yeah. which I think means we've probably got a nicer little community yeah. in DLP um, that's not to take away from the bigger parks but I think people feel more family yeah. when it comes to DLP more connected with each other yeah. so yes please get in touch we'd love to hear from you and look let's be honest if if ross had never asked that question i would never have thought of john ham becoming dick tracy just just think that you know the, the world has changed beyond recognition not because yeah. of pandemic because john ham should be the next dick tracy and on that note yeah i'll, I'll, def- <laughs> I'll definitely stop now goodbye <laughs> cheerio Network.